Hi, and welcome to Telepathic TV. This is television that you watch with your third eye, and I'm R. Neville Johnston. And I'm Mary Phelan, and our program is about raising <laughs> our consciousness. And tonight we're going to talk about uh, trusting your intuition. Which is uh, quite <coughs> an interesting topic because um, as in the last few shows we've been kind of moving in a direction. And if there's one thing you are taught on this planet, it is not to trust your intuition. Mm -hmm. uh, it's ridiculous the amount that you're taught. They've invented gambling, they've invented horse racing, apparently well, reindeer racing. They actually racing. teach you to not trust it. Yes, That's very interesting. Dangerous. Yeah. yeah, it's very, and, and this all goes part and parcel with the idea that somehow we're inherently evil. Somehow there's something the matter with us. Somehow we aren't right, when exactly the opposite is the truth. But there are so many barnacles attached to our little boat going through life, fears, you know, self-doubt, self-criticism, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and a lot of us don't make it, we sink. And then we're easy prey for whatever that is. But trusting your own intuition is the same thing as um, trusting yourself. Mm. And we're taught not to do that, ever. Yeah. So how do I then, one would ask, how do I get around to actually trusting myself? Okay, and I would ask, how can you not? Who are you going to trust? Why, I will trust the opinion of anyone who says anything. <coughs> well over what well, I would believe about myself. That's true, and they've done studies that if someone's wearing a white lab coat and look official, that people will believe them no matter what they're saying. Um, they did a um, an experiment, I think it was back in the 60s, although I'm not sure, but they pretended that they were giving electric shocks to someone and the um, lab conductor would go in and, and say, push the button and give them a shock. And the people didn't want to do that, but because this person in a position of authority told them to do it, they were doing it. Yeah. A vast majority of very kind-hearted, loving people, because they were told to do something, they blindly did it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that intuition stuff, we're taught that the authority figure knows the answer, knows the truth, knows the scientific answer to that. And somehow, we are all ignorant to this, and that we have to go to school, we have to go do all these things, we have to trust experts and all that. Now, yeah. things are changing now a lot, <coughs> which is good. The, but we're kind of in this place where we don't trust anything now, and that's not a real comfortable place to be in either. And least of all do we trust ourselves yeah. going to all this training. So, well, authority is a very interesting word to weave into that because um, uh, in your life, your life, that would be your life, not mine, not Mary's, your life, in your life, there is a grand total of how many authority figures? Come on, take a guess. Come on, come on. One. There is one authority figure in your life. Who is that, please? Me. Yes, you are the only authority figure there is in your life, and I'll prove it. You ready? Okay, when your boss says go to Japan, you are the one that walks your legs up the gangplank into that plane. Nobody else, you. You make every, well, whatever no, they're no, called. Just the, funny. It was I was gonna work tarmac in, but it seemed kind of left field to get, because I know the word tarmac. There's a really tar on that thing. All right, so you are the one that does everything that you do. Therefore, it's irrefutable. Therefore, you are the only authority <coughs> figure there is in your life. 
Well, it was really punctuated. You've been talking about authority figure. I think it's a one in the a word in the language codes. Yeah. Which is very brilliant, by the way. If you haven't read the language codes, Neville published it uh, 14 years ago. Really groundbreaking stuff. Now everybody is, oh, I've got to pay attention to my word. But this was back at a time when nobody Had knew any anything concept. from anything for yeah. the most part. Anyway, the word author. You are the author of your life, essentially. But one time we were driving down 66. I don't know if you remember it. I've told yeah. the story before. But there was just a complete traffic jam. And wherever we were going wasn't that important. And I thought, oh, gosh, now i got to sit through all this to get to the thing. And there was a turnaround. So we go, oh, let's turn around there. And it said authorized vehicles only. And I said, oh, we can't. It's authorized vehicles only. And Neville says, well, authorize yourself. And I said, OK. <laughs> I still yeah. didn't do it. but. I thought we did. Boy, that's maybe we did. You. Maybe we did. But the the point being, authorize yourself. We just have we give our power away to this authority, these authorized vehicles, these authorized people, and who is it that's doing the authorizing? We write our own life, and that's true. Yeah. But that wreaks havoc on our intuition, our gut gut instincts, and what happens when we question our intuition over many years? <laughs> we start creating evidence for that. Uh, one of the things I teach in the Psychic Development Series is how to understand the difference between a real intuition and a guess. A lot of times people say, I'm going to trust my intuition, and they jump into that, and they're just throwing guesses out in their life, and they, they see that they don't connect, that they're, they're not the, the thing that they're looking for, and so then they say, see, I guess I can't trust my intuition. But when you make friends with yourself, and if you look at intuition as inward tuition, where you go in and you learn yourself, mm -hmm. uh, you learn about the school of you, doing that in, inward tuition, you end up with intuition. You've got to know yourself. You've got to know how your body acts. So there are a lot of tells, which I'll tell in a minute. Okay, well, we've done a lot of healing around the concept of tuition, by the way. Anything that has upset, we had someone who had a divorce that cost them 180000 or something like that. And we said, well, all right, look at it this way. You paid $180,000 in tuition to be where you are now. And that healed all of mm -hmm. the grief about that um, particular equation that they were so involved with. It is with. very healing because yeah. everything really is tuition. Yeah. So, well, inner, inner tuition. Yeah, yeah. That's what, that was yeah, uh, know, something that's that had um, dawned on me while we were sitting here, and I read yeah. the word, and I, there was a gap between in and tuition. Tuition, yeah. So I was thinking, well, it is an inward thing, mm -hmm. and the tuition is, is what we give um, to our, the college of us. And yeah. once we get that, and we really understand ourselves, for instance, there is a very specific feeling that you feel when you are correct about something, when you have a hunch about something. It's very unique to you. I could tell you what I feel. You could say what you feel. And it's, it's not going to be exactly the same as what you feel. So it's through your inner work, inner development, and working through your own pain from your history that you clear the debris away from your, your shame, blame, guilt, all those things that we talk about all the time that are keeping you separated from you. You can't understand and hear your intuition if you are your own enemy because that separates you automatically from self. So you must first step is to love yourself enough 
to get there and, and, and heal yourself and throw away the things that are separating you from yourself. Yeah, now we do have certain recognition in our language that people don't hear that much at all. Uh, and that is the expression, I knew it. Okay, now that's when you heard your intuition mm -hmm. but could not believe in you enough to act on it. So whenever you hear, hear yourself say, I knew it, please understand, you may have known it, but so what? Because you didn't act. Yeah. So <coughs> you can get ahead of that loop uh, so that when you, one of my tells about, you know, if I'm looking to find the answer within me, and that's really the only place I look is, where, well, where was I going to look? You know, that's where the answer is. Everything's within you. We think, that, oh, the universe. Yeah, oh, that's everywhere. That's everywhere but me. And that's the way you're taught. You know, the universe is everything. Everything but me. God, come back here. There's no separation between you and the universe. We have for years, and will again, uh, do the opening of the Third Eye Ceremony. And I talk uh, about the fact that you constantly have in front of your three-dimensional eyes, not your third eye, but it's from your third eye, uh, you will see blips of color just now and then, okay? You will. You've seen a little light lights up in the room, no light there. All right, so you don't know what I'm talking about, and really that doesn't interest me. I think everybody does. Really? A little pinpoint of light. How many people know what, I'm, what we're talking about? It's just like a little flash of a pinpoint light. Yeah, okay. And it can be any color. Mm -hmm. And I've spent a lifetime mapping that. And one of these lights lights up when I've had a correct intuition. And it doesn't matter where I'm looking or even if my eyes are open or closed. This little light goes off and I trust that thing. Because it's my third eye generating uh, the probable futures. Since there's no such thing as certainty, we'd have to use the word probable to describe futures. But nonetheless, Certainty is another trap of words. All right, so. Well, well, that's true. We have our own knowing, and those colored lights and those blips of light are going to be unique to each of us. So there are things that your body does. Now, our body processes information on 11 million bits per second. Our brain is only 16 bits per second. Those may vary per periodically uh, depending Ooh. on your source, but that's essentially the truth. If that wasn't so, if I were to pick something up and throw it at you right now, your hand would block it before you even know what I did. If we had to use our brain to determine everything, we really wouldn't walk. Or if I threw something at you, by the time you even registered that something was flying at you and it came from my hand, it will have already hit you in the head and you'll probably be off the chair or whatever happened. So we obviously have a larger construct, a larger self that understands things. And it's not so esoteric as everybody thinks. It's something that's biologically built in yeah. into our system. Yeah. So we get this. We really do. It's all a matter of getting back to self-trust. It's the J-hook concept where you must go down in order to go up to ascend. You have to go through your stuff. If you were raised uh, very afraid of authority, then you're going to give your instinct and th uh, away. 
sometimes being a female, if you grow up, everyone thinks your in intuition and your instincts is just over-emotional and nobody takes it seriously. And so you may devaluate it and not listen to that. You'll listen to your rational mind first. If you're a male, not allowed to have your intuitive self because it's considered too feminine, you may be blocking it from you. So first step is to make friends with this aspect of us that yeah. we probably don't listen to and we don't take seriously, and to s minimally. Yeah, and we have a caller. Excellent. Hi caller, what's your name please? Hey, it's Lina. Oh, Lina, oh, so good to hear from sitting you. sitting there saying, you know, does anybody know about lights? And I'm going, oh, I do, Neville. Excellent. I've, I've always seen blue lights. Mm -hmm. Okay. I've, seen and I've what always does the thought they were just fairies, little spirits, and I go, oh, how sweet. And they're always there when I, I need them, or, and sometimes when I see them, I smell roses, too. Oh, mm -hmm. excellent. Okay, so you're very finely tuned. So what does a blue light mean? Did I say blue light? Oh, no, I said blue light. You said okay. colored lights, and I, I said, know. oh, yeah, yeah, I see blue lights. I okay, see what blue is also. The, you, this is a language being spoken to you. Um, I'm just, I, it's more of a, uh, just a comfort, because I, I think of them as angels. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That is a correct answer. I'm not arguing that at all. Uh -huh. It is also a language. It is you speaking to you. Oh, so yes. start to assign values to these lights. Yes. Okay. Like, like for instance, if I'm working with someone and I'm hitting upon a point uh, that I feel is good to investigate with that person, I'll see the light go off. Yeah. And yeah. that'll tell me, yes, yeah. keep Draw following your it. attention to it. But, mm -hmm. but what Line is saying, I think, is very interesting, and I, I think it, it bears, you know, some attention there, too, because there are times when I'm doing readings and I'm picking up energies, maybe spirit guides or people in spirit around someone, I will also see those lights. So uh -huh. that's what makes these so wonderful and so universal mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. they can be a language. They can be punctuating what you're thinking, but they can also represent an energy, like a fairy being or whatever, oh, yeah. no, absolutely. and bring comfort. Many, so, many definitions yeah, to the same and that's, word. That's what's so wonderful. We all have our own universe. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know, the first dream I ever had, I uh, dreamt that I was up at a bar which served spirits, and there was a <laughs> telephone, and I picked up, the telephone rang, and I picked it up, and it was Leonora. And Leonora, I said, oh, I knew instinctively that Leonora was from uh, the other world, you know, from the beyond, from yeah. the dead, so to speak. Wow. And uh, so I, we, we had this wonderful conversation. And then I said, well, wait a minute. And she said, I have to go. And I said, no, no, don't go. How do I reach you again? And she said, oh, just dial O-O-U. And the person that was helping me understand the dream said, say that quickly. And I went, O-O-U, O-O-U, O-O-U. <laughs> oh, my goodness, I dialed myself. Oh, that's so yeah. wonderful. Isn't that sweet? Yeah. Aww. Well, not if you get a busy signal. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you can get a busy signal. That's no, right. no. Well, you could be busy. <laughs> I'd like to help me, but I'm busy. I'm that kind of busy. That's good. Or you can put yourself on hold, which is very common enough. <laughs> no, that's that's world. the whole thing that we do now. We get, we our our heart actually makes a decision nanoseconds before the brain is even aware of the question. Mm -hmm. Oh, and you, I mean this scientifically is being proven. It's, well, it's proven with that. Oh gosh, the cerna, the um, you know the spitting thing they have over in in. Oh. Hmm. What's it called? In, uh, 
outside of uh, it depends. in Switzerland. Oh, the, uh, oh, the physicists would know it. Yeah, right, right. yeah, the, the, the God molecule. And or they the can shoot a bullet, and uh, the, bullet, balls. the bullet lands before it's left the gun. Well, that's got to get crowded. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, but it's true, we do get this, and then the brain has been trained to uh, either accept that or reject it. But yeah. our rejector button yeah, has yeah. gotten way overdeveloped. It really has. And underdeveloped in other ways. We just accept things blindly. Um, this precognitive commitment that we make our mind up already about where information is to be blindly accepted and where well, we reject it. it and if we just flip flop them. And secure yeah. If mm -hmm. we know, mm -hmm. the unknown is scary. Yeah. yeah, another button that hasn't been developed yeah, well, at all so. is the delete. Yeah, thank you. Uh, is the delete button. Our brain does not have a delete button. That's true. <laughs> yeah. And the thing about that is there's so many things that just would have been deleted, just ain't gone, that just keep popping up. Well, you know, do you it's remember like what you used strudel. to say that was hysterical? Yeah. Uh, I think a delete button, you know that easy button from some show, yeah, yeah. Uh, some store or something, where press the easy button. I like that idea. I think that's great. We're, we're too much programmed to think it's hard. But what you used to do with people, like someone had years ago called in and said they had been to a shamanic reader or something and they told them all this really, uh, they had curses and all this and they were yeah. really freaked out. The poor person hadn't slept and they aren't poor and I don't mean that, I didn't mean to say it like that, but they I just were felt after compassion. That guy took them out. And Neville said, they told their story and Neville just sat there like this and he goes, okay, here's what you do, <laughs> flush. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's really, that's really, sometimes that is the best thing. We are so afraid that we're going to lose something important. Oh, no, the universe is nothing but backup systems. If you have a particular lesson to get and you just won't get that lesson, the universe will continue to deliver it. The only technique involved is to say, I would like this delivered softly, beautifully, gently, mm -hmm. and I will pay enough attention. See, there's no such thing as loud, as we've said so many times on the show. Whatever it is that you came here to learn and you're refusing to learn, it gets louder and louder and louder. No, it doesn't. It has to reach the point at which you will pay enough attention to actually get it. Now, we invented the word loud, not because of disco music. Believe me, that was a real close second. But we invented the word loud to be a victim. There isn't loud. There is the volume necessary to get through, let me just use the word, you're incredibly dense, auric field. I'm being really kind on that, okay? Don't All hold right. back, Neville. Just, All right. just let it dumb fly. dumbass. <sighs> They're happy now. Everyone's happy. Yes, finally. Round of applause. Thank you. So your dumbass will be kicked with exactly the amount of force necessary to boot you into a higher consciousness, or you can stroll, or you can march, or you can force march. Or you could dance. My dream. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, dancing through life. I, that had, is I had a dream recently, it. and it mm -hmm. was just such a, a heart-loving dream mm -hmm. that in the dream there were these shoes there that they were called the dancing shoes. And they would start dancing, and they would seek someone out and get, by their own volition, onto your feet and make you happy and dance. It was just such a good image. Oh, yeah. So no, I would delightful. share that beautiful image of dancing shoes with everyone. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah the, uh, 
idea of being an advisor, which is a very interesting concept for what we are talking about. People so do not trust their own intuition that they will actually pay someone to have their inf um, intuition for them. So let us say the, a president, okay. A president is advised by, well, strangely enough, advisors, okay, who are, are kind of suspended in this, if I give the wrong advice, I'll be fired sort of ether that they're sitting there in. So they're well, getting they're the ulcers that he doesn't have to get, be, or she, whoever the president is, uh, because um, you know so-and-so gave me this advice, <coughs> so much for so-and-so, right? Okay, and so then if he gets very bright people that have intuition that they're connected to, then he can sort of ride on this little, but it's, to please, you have your own advisors, you have your own ability to do this. To, to know, and when you know you're knowing, and that is the expression, yes, mm -hmm. that um, uh, you get a signal back that that is correct. And if you don't act on it, and then you don't, and the whole thing gets reset, but you'll get another opportunity to make the same decision more than likely in this life. Well, you're bringing up a good point that, that I think um, is very valuable. Um, and it's something that I've talked about when in teaching I Ching and, and things like that, that if throughout time, all governments have used intuition to lead, whether it's through the I Ching, which mm -hmm. was used in China back in the Bronze Age and is still used today to mm -hmm. make decisions about when to go to war and things like that, or it's the same thing if you have any kind of a forecaster, whether it's a financial forecaster or an advisor that's speculating about this move will cause this. Everything is using your intuition, whether we call it scientific speculation or we call it intuition, it's still the same thing. And so I was saying earlier that the heart sends a signal up. Our field like I was giving the example of throwing something and the body catches it, knows very clearly an answer to something long before you do. This is how muscle testing, kinesiology works, is that your field already knows the answer to everything. You can hold a bottle of vitamins, test the strength of your body, and if your body gets weak when it holds it, it's not good for you. If your body gets strong, then it's good for you. And your brain knew nothing about it. I've done blind tests with people where I've written something on a piece of paper and tested them, and they get weak or strong. So your body knows the answer, and it will get strong or it will get weak. Years ago, I was fumbling uh, what to do. There was uh, someone that we had had on the show and it, they were, let's just say, um, maybe they could have used other tactics of humanity. Um, anyway, I was doing some meditating about that, like how do you tell when someone's really someone good for you and when they just are trying to manipulate you and to use you. And so um, what came back is a simple statement that you can live by. If it makes you feel larger, you walk toward it. If it makes you feel smaller, mm -hmm. you don't. You walk away from it and you don't question it because it's different for everyone. So if we all just use that meter of all, th there's a lot of different things you can do, but if you just use that meter, that if it makes you feel larger, you walk toward it. And if it makes you feel smaller, you walk away and you don't let your brain try to talk you out of it, then you're always going to be living the life of Forrest Gump, who mm -hmm. was always in the magically right place at the right time. Well, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Drenlo tells a story about a knock on the door 
and it was um, Native American he'd met um, in South America. And Drumlow goes, my God, how did you find me? How did you do that? And the guy goes, oh, it was very simple. I followed my heart. Oh, yeah. that's so sweet. Well, that is the point. Once you, um, the brain is wonderful and it does do a lot of things. And all, but we never listen. We've said so many times, the heart knows and the brain thinks. And that is the major difference between the, the two. The brain thinks it knows. The heart knows, the brain yes, thinks it knows. Yes, to finish it in that way, but yeah. But, uh, um, the well, the brain is very useful and has its point, but it doesn't know anything about a moment from now, and it doesn't know about yesterday. It only knows about right, right now, the brain. If you are hungry and you're looking to get a sandwich, the brain will figure it out. It'll negotiate everything in front of it. Mm -hmm. But if you start saying, get me a sandwich tomorrow, the brain's going, oh my God. And it's trying to use resources in this moment. And ultimately, you can't catch tomorrow's fish with today's worm. And all you're doing is burning its little motor out by trying to make it responsible for something that happened yesterday or solve a problem that hasn't happened yet. Oh yeah, definitely. Now, um, just in continuing our theme, things that will keep you from recognizing your intuition are other people. Really? Yes. So you're attempting to decide something, okay? And you, your heart, some part of you, will know this is what I would love to do. This is what I would love to do. And then that other part of you will say, but that'll impact negatively on someone else or, you know, all the rest of that. And so you don't do what your intuition told you to do. You take a circuitous route that keeps you from getting to where you're going. Okay, so the uh, intuition itself, see this is another place where we have been manipulated, you know, that would be the word, uh, uh, love of self and love of others really has to come down to 49% love of others and 51% love of self, or you can never hear your intuition. If that goes beyond, in other words, you're 51% other people, 49 for you, you will lose touch with your intuition. If it gets up in the 90s, 90% service to others, you will never be able to hear your own intuition whatsoever. It, it will just be completely offline. So that balance point as it approaches. So um, other people's opinions, other people's, okay, are not really the factor by which we decide. It has to be what we would, and we've seen this so many times well, in life. I, I think it's very useful to mm -hmm. have conversations with other people because sometimes, yeah. uh, the way I uh, used to describe this is if you think of the, the bottom circle here with my thumb and forefinger together <coughs> as being our, our normal thinking and our higher intuition as being the circle made by my, in, uh, my middle finger above mm -hmm. it, that sometimes this information has to come out in order to go back in the 3D self to metabolize. Mm -hmm. So I do think we help each other a lot. And if we look at the idea that the only eyes we cannot look into are our own, and that's why we act as mirrors for each other, we really do bounce things off people. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, it comes back to what we were talking about earlier. We have to become our own authority. Yeah. That we take it in, but we don't forget and start getting out of our own orbit and start orbiting another person's sun. Exactly. Which is what we do all the time. And we may be very strong in one area of our life, then we get into a relationship or we get into a work situation and boom, right out of orbit. Yeah. And so that's why we have to 
find and, and heal those aspects that keep throwing us out of the orbit. Mm -hmm. But the intuition, remember, your body knows, your body gets stronger if it's a, a truth for you. Yeah. Now, correct. <coughs> All of this is about the decision-making process is another aspect of this to take a look at. So, in making the decision, now what is very little understood, as far as I can tell, on our planet at this time, is the great power there is involved in a decision. If you make a decision and you don't question it and you don't think about it, and, uh, the people that win the lottery always say, well, I bought the ticket, I completely forgot I bought the ticket, and what do you know it won? And they did, they completely forgot it, which means they did not doubt mm -hmm. it. They go, I'm buying the winning lottery ticket, okay? Now, the reason the lottery is such a setup, really, you're kidding me. No, the reason it's such a setup is that between the time you buy it and the time they have the drawing, if that is one minute, somewhere in that one minute, you'll doubt. And that's all it takes. So if you actually make a decision and you don't doubt it, yeah, well, the waveform generators. Well, yeah. I was just going to mention that that's a way to not doubt it. Yeah. But also... That's a good idea. Yeah. So this that. is how I utilize Neville's waveform generators is I put the command under it and then I let it go. If you go into a restaurant and you order something, the waitress gets your waiter or waitress gets your order, and then you just let go of it and you have your conversation. If they haven't come over to take the order, you're not really even talking to the other person. You're just waiting for that to be done so that you can do this. Yeah. Well, if you look at the waveform generator as the command holder so that you can let go of your doubt, it, it works real well that way. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, anyway, you were... The, oh, the point being, the, um, we, we are trained to do nothing other than doubt. Have we noticed that? Yeah. I doubt it. See? See? Yeah. Oh, no, the we, lottery. An another yeah. thing about the lottery yes. is I made little cards back probably about 2001, 2000, some, somewhere around that, because I thought it would be interesting to have like cards and, and draw the lottery numbers, and, and that would be a way of Makes getting sense. them. Well, I pulled those out, I, or I found them again after many years, and I looked, and they only went up to 44, and now the lottery numbers go up to 72. Anybody really catch on to this? That now we don't have 40-something numbers in the mix, we have 72 numbers in the mix? And we all think that there's still that, that, you know, whatever. I just think this is yet one of those other things like the diminishing can, can size when mm. we were younger, product quantity size instead of just being upfront about it. Yeah, no, there's this shift against our integrity. Now, it doesn't have to mean anything because everything is a 50-50 odds. Either you win or you, you don't win. And really, it's just a matter of making that decision and moving that doubt out of the way. Yeah. Or flow inhibitors. Um, okay. Um. Well, still attachment to outcome is another uh, thing that uh, destroys your intuition. Uh, you'll desire something and your intuition says this is not the time, but you're so attached to that happening, you place a bet that doesn't work because you're attached to it. So that's another uh, huge flag, resistance is attachment to outcome. Mm -hmm. And so all of this resistance turns out to be being attached to the outcome. 
And more specifically, the resistance to an attachment to not letting a specific outcome happen. Yeah, same. Yeah, <coughs> which makes it even more convoluted and more tough. Mm -hmm. <coughs> yeah. But this idea of um, creating your own life, as you being your own authority figure, as you being in charge, as you making a decision, and just it happens. Well, and, and, and also the, the idea of decision uh, um, or making those spontaneous things. People have a large body <coughs> of evidence that says my intuition is incorrect. <laughs> and so they, they will create that. And so there is this guessing body. And if you've ever done any psychic exercises, after a while it seems like you're getting them all wrong because you're tired. Yeah. And there is a very specific feel when you are guessing or evaluating against someone else's opinion mm -hmm. or research, there is a feeling. So start becoming aware of it. Start becoming aware of it. As a matter of fact, uh, I'll be doing a talk with a lot of exercises on the 30th at Pathways. Oh, that'll be excellent. And, uh, <coughs> and have a psychic development series starting up, too. Oh, All this is on the web. That's excellent. Oh, that works really yeah. well. And at some point, we're going to uh, talk about this grid. Yes, and um, we have a crystal workshop coming, the healing and uh, gridding that's coming up as well in April. Yeah, and the, the gridding is a very powerful thing um, mm -hmm. that I don't know how many crystals you may have. If you have even one, you can actually grid it. But, uh, well, we talk about uh, stuff. The last time this particular grid was assembled was at the Serpent Mound uh, during the moments of the Venus eclipse. It <coughs> has changed. The frequency of love is going up, rather, the frequency of recognizable love is going up. And the, so the latest book I'm working on is, uh, are we doing this? Yes? I don't okay. think so. Okay, well, anyhow, <coughs> I'll just hold it up to the, oops, damn. That would cause the whole thing to. Yeah, so the latest book I'm working on is getting us to be able to recognize <coughs> things as love far more easily than we do, because the average person can only recognize love as something that's sweet, and um, that's not at all the only form of love there is. That's an unbelievably limited Well, construct. everyone has their whole definition, and it can seem yeah. like non-love to another person. So we have, oh, okay. So the is last that powerful or what? Yeah. Now, each grid that is created, thank you, each grid <coughs> that is created will give birth to whatever it is you decide. This is on a, a geometry of seven sides, okay, which makes it a, um, a very sacred, for one thing. Um, seven is a number that um, manages to blend <laughs> worlds together really well, my experience of the number seven. So you can bring third and fourth, you know, three and four, third and fourth dimension together really easily. In, uh, you know, using this grid. So we um, would say that if at home you wish to um, uh, place an intention in, the, uh, in this grid, uh, to go ahead and do that. Place an intention in the grid and um, give us an email. And it will show up in your life. Yeah, give <coughs> us an email and let us know how that works. And uh, this is a real thing of beauty. I've done a number of works of art based on the um, seven-sided figure, and uh, just that it all works well, very well. Well, crystals work together, mm. much like a nervous system. They mm -hmm. are minerals of the nervous system of the planet. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the two-day 
healing um, gritting workshop. We'll learn how to do laying on of stones as well as the properties and uses of the crystals and the introduction to grids. There is an advance where we do really high level grids. But essentially, if you put two crystals together in a component, they will, um, the life force energy field in, in, in them will amp up and they will work together as a circuit. Okay, we have a call. We have our call. Hi, caller, what's your name, please? Hi, caller, what's your name, please? <coughs> Say hello. Hi, you're on the air. Hello, this is Barbara. Barbara, hey, how are we doing? I was trying out earphones. Oh, okay, turn your volume down. Okay, uh, okay, so, uh, yes. I, okay, so, so I'm here. Good, what's your question? Um, you mentioned the word manipulation. Oh, yeah. A while back, uh -huh. and and it hit me. Um, I've been having my poem read by an app, and it's telling me that I'm easily manipulated. Well, stop that. Pardon? Stop that. Don't don't be manipulated. Manipulation is somebody else's agenda that they're imposing on you. This is. <laughs> Yeah, so you diffuse it by loving them for doing that. <coughs> and then you say, well, yes, however, what I'm going to do is what I intended to do. Does this make sense? Barbie, you there? Hello? Well, anyhow, for those of us feeling manipulated and on this planet, that's no, so I, rare. I didn't necessarily hear the question. There she was felt she's being manipulated. Um, that she was easily manipulated. Well, I would say, Barbara, I hope um, that you can still hear us because um, I think we all feel that way in certain areas. I think if you take the strongest person there is in the world, they're going to have areas where they feel they're easily manipulated and that doesn't make you weak. Um, in Aikido, what you do is you stand in the circle and like boxing, you get real strong at people coming at you from the front. But in Aikido, it's a, a matter of uh, d martial art that is deflects and redirects rather than confronts. So that's really a metaphor for our life, and I, I call it spiritual Aikido, that we, like Carlos Castaneda says, we will call the petty tyrants into our life that appear to be coming at our vulnerable side to knock us over, but what they're doing is to get us to be straight, uh, I'm sorry, to be centered mm -hmm. and grounded so that anything that comes at us from any angle, we become strong. So I would just recommend to you that I know you're going through quite a bit and look at everything that's going on in your life as, as your Aikido partners and that they're really your spirit oh, guides. Well and there is a movie that I recommend to anybody out there. It's called Circle of Iron. It was written in the 70s by David Carradine and Bruce Lee, and it was um, Bruce Lee died. He was supposed to star in it, so David Carradine did, something like that. Um, and it's the story of how our higher guidance works in our life, and it reminds me of things that we think, these, these petty tyrants, these people that irritate us, the very people that we may hate are really just ensouled by our spirit guides. They also have their in tandem life and their own lessons, but mm -hmm. there's the, the spark of our own guidance in, in the eye that's coming to make us stronger. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. 
Okay, well, thank you, Barbara, for calling yeah, in. We appreciate that. Yeah, please, that. please um, be in touch. I wish to add a note, uh, things that confuse us about our intuition. Uh, fear and intuition are not really the same thing. Fear is only the lack of frequency. Mm -hmm. You can only be fearful if you're held at a lower frequency. Anger, same thing. Uh, the scientific <coughs> proof that <coughs> anger and fear actually literally lower your IQ. And so without quite the top of the head on, the lower I IQ. I have the top of the head. Yeah, it's an important thing. Otherwise, it's, it's, it's a necessary very, object. In very self-conscious and wear hats a lot. However, so to differentiate between your intuition top again. and fear, okay, fear being the lower frequency, and your intuition will get lost in the fear. So the, now, recognizing that you're angry or recognizing that you're afraid would have to be, and there's a lot of other words you could put in there, envious and jealous and all these other things that lower our frequency. Mm. Yeah, uh, keep us from having the ability to shift our consciousness. Yeah. If you get too afraid, you cannot shift your consciousness. So you pretty much, um, in meditation, set up the ability to turn off the fear and turn on the awareness of... Uh, first, the first thing is, well, I'm angry. Yes, yes, I am. How do you feel about that? Why angry? Good, well, then you're not angry anymore because you're making jokes with yourself or the audience, whoever is listening. But the idea of um, having a flat, uh, the language codes books teach forever, would you please associate a flag with the word should or a flag with the word try so that if that word goes through your mind, it wakes you up because that word was on its way to putting you quite soundly asleep you know, the lower frequency. It is good to put that flag. My mm -hmm. friend Judy used to say that don't say have to in my name in the same sentence. Mm -hmm. She made a joke about it, but she had a flag. She automatically knew that it was someone yeah. else trying to claim yeah. authority in her life or attempting to do that. Yeah, need, have to, should, all these words that keep you from um, being who it is you have the potential to be. And if you train your mind well enough that the flag goes off with the word, and you wake up, you will be a force to reckon with. Well, that, that whole idea of fear, I agree. And one of the ways I describe that is being on a seven-level building. And mm -hmm. a lot of times people say, well, surround myself with white light and, and do all this. Um, but what I recommend is looking at fear as just being a, f a perspective that you view reality on. And so, like I was saying, that sparring partner, that petty tyrant, down here at a lower frequency, it looks like an enemy that's trying to harm you. The, the higher you lift your vibration, the more you see, that's my angel showing me a place yeah, exactly. where I am weak or vulnerable. Yeah. And if you look at your auric field as a radiant field, all arrows pointed out, nothing can penetrate unless we feel fear, guilt, doubt, or worry, which points it in, and then we become a magnet for it. And mm -hmm. it's time for the duck. Here comes the duck. Here come the duck. Here's our dangler, Mary. Say hello. Thank you. All right. I got, you are entering a time of great clarity and focus. So be happy. It is time to review boundaries with 
those close to you honor your commitment with yourself. I will do that. Excellent. Thank, Thank you. yourself. Mm. Mm -hmm. And just a couple of little announcements. I, at, after many months, I have posted uh, some events we're doing. We have palmistry oh, yeah. and face reading with you. Uh -huh. uh, I am doing psychic development EFT level one and EFT level two, which I highly recommend taking. It's a mm -hmm. personal odyssey of healing as well as learning how to do this um, technique and the very subtle uh, nuances of different ways of doing the technique. And um, then we have the crystal workshop and we're going to the Serpent Mound. Oh yeah, that's So anybody that's important. interested, we have really a lovely time. Uh, let me know if you're interested. It will be May 31st through June 2nd, or June 3rd, something like that. Yeah, by all means send in an email so that we can put your list, uh, name on the list. Mm -hmm. And uh, the calls have begun. Hi caller, what's your name please? My name's Joe, and I'd like to have a reading with Mary tonight. Thank you, Joe. I'd be happy to do that. And I'll just uh, listen to it offline here. Okay, okay. thank you very thank much. Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Mm Bye-bye. -hmm. Okay, the first card we get is the card of balance, and it makes me wonder if you're a Libra like I am. I understand this balance card real well. Sometimes we get this idea that when we see these imbalances that we, we just desire to be a contributor to getting it into balance, but sometimes that can get us pulled into things that, that aren't even our stuff. And maybe there have been many such instances. And what this is saying is that the universe knows how to balance things. And quite nicely, we really don't have to even get tangled in it um, unless it's about you. Um, and even then, the universe even knows how to balance you. So mystical experiences, and this is uh, supposed to represent uh, a woman floating uh, like in, in the cosmos, just her uh, in a form of meditation. And this is saying pay attention to everything. We think that we're only getting data about our reality while we're awake, but we get it when we're daydreaming, we get it when we're asleep, we get it in all kinds of ways. And so there is a lot of information coming to you, and I, I feel like maybe specifically if there's some deal you're in, in the middle of or something connected with work, that uh, what is visible isn't all that's there and that you're picking up the invisible signals and to pay attention to that and that it might be time to walk in a new direction. That doesn't mean anything radical. It just means start thinking in a new direction and things will start steering in that way. So thank you, Joe. Yeah. Yes. And we have our next caller. No, okay. So that really is beautiful and it's powerful. And I remember when we set that up at the mound. Mm -hmm. It was quite a yeah. quite a great time during the Venus going Eclipse. across the sun. Yeah, yeah, that was beautiful. No, that was a sterling moment. It's interesting for whatever reason that it wanted to be assembled again. Mm -hmm. And I think it's uh, the vibration from the uh, Serpent Mound will explain. Uh, Serpent Mound is a very sacred place in the uh, Ohio Valley, and we've been uh, going out. Um, I Ten think this years. will, yeah, Ten. this will be our tenth journey out there, I believe. Whatever it works out to, exactly. Yeah. But we've um, maybe more because yeah. it's been about ten years. And it's we've a lot. <laughs> yeah. And oh, this major is also breakthroughs for everyone. Go that's ahead. very true, and it's mm. always so wonderful and different every time. Utterly mm -hmm. different. Um, we're also doing our countdown to 700. We are on show 692 yes. tonight, 
And so 700th show, we would invite, uh, especially uh, people that have been watching us for a long time, yeah. and anybody that's gotten something from our show. We've, we've been doing this a very long time. Come down to the studio and watch us live. We'll bring a cake in and have a good time. Yeah, and we will. And we'll be, uh, as always, tonight we will be at uh, Ruby Tuesdays after the show. You're certainly welcome to join us if you'd okay. like to come along. Do we have a call? And we do, yeah. Oh, Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, it's Lina again. Oh, Lina, Lina, welcome back. I, you know, when we got cut off, you were talking about deleted. Oh. <laughs> so, I don't. <laughs> I thought I'd call back and get a reading there. Oh, sure, <laughs> oh, sure. Okay. That is funny. I thought so. Yeah. Yes. Typical universe. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my universe is humor. Yes, yes. I may have thought we were done because I kept wanting to go back and see if you were there. But okay, so first card we get is the high road. And we think that to take the high road is hard and, oh, we've got to be really saintly people to take the high road. But, boy, there's a much better view from the higher road. Yeah. It, it, it's, uh, you know, there's no sunlight down in the low road and uh, it, there's a lot of people. It's very crowded. So it's not harder. And I feel like this is the story of your life in a lot of ways, that you came here and chose the high road and that there may have been little petty tyrants along the way that attempted to pull you down, but it just, you weren't interested in that view. And one thing that, that when we walk that road, we, we know that everything comes in its own perfect timing. And so the, the divine timing card is coming now to remind you that even if there are things that seem uh, are disjointed from the timeline of our expectations or our, what we would envision for ourselves, that there's never anything out of its proper time, and that, um, that you're holding that space for others as well. And it could be saying as well that now is the time for some solitude. If you look at this little teepee with the fire by the water, and it's so serene in the middle of the night, and off in the distance are little villages and everything, so it's not that this person is so far off that they're completely isolated, but that they have this aloneness, and that I think finding our balance being with other people and having people in our life and finding that solitude is a, a really, it's an art form, really. It's not, it's not um, you know, just a formula. So, and it's different for everyone. Yeah, definitely But thank you, art. Lina. That was spot yeah. on. Thank you. Aw, thank you. Excellent. So good to hear your voice always. Yeah. We love you. It's great. Yeah. So we have another call. Yes. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Uh, my name is Victor, and I'm an Aquarius. My birthday is January 26th. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd like to get a reading. I like uh, watching both of you, and right. I enjoy your broadcast. Oh, well, thank, thank you, very you much, Victor. Victor. That's yeah. so lovely. It's so kind of you to say that, too. Mm -hmm. I just feel like the divine timing card again. That's funny. Okay, the first card. Look, we got the high road, and I got the divine timing again. So there's always a harmony about the They're different theme, people yeah. for the night. But this is the high road, and in, in context with you, what I feel with this card is that, that sometimes it may have been lonely. I, I feel like a lot of times you think deeper or you think larger or bigger than maybe people that you have in your life at times. And um, you know, the expression of having to like compress you into a smaller form in order to communicate at times with the world around you. And just know that there are some special things that you bring that you bring to the world, and they may not have been acknowledged. But don't let that hamper anything or make you 
get disparaged at all because you it's it's like those trailers sometimes where it looks like this small trailer and you walk inside and it's a palace that's what I feel with you look at this I sh you guys saw me shuffle the cards this is amazing and the solitude so you're here um, maybe there are some times where you feel a little alone inside and you like it a lot of the times but there are other times because maybe there isn't as much that can relate that you can relate to or relate to you 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 may feel isolated or something but don't because that's why you came here like that so that you could get to know yourself and have that inner time and this person is reaching out of the mirror and into the mirror to make a commitment with self and that until we love ourselves enough to make that commitment to say whatever happens I'm gonna be on your side I have your back we we give up our back all the time that's the first thing we do we give up our back to a stranger on a subway like oh yeah it's my fault and and um, be self-effacing and stuff we're just trained to do that so what this is saying is that so much about this life is about committing to yourself so thank you Oh yes mm -hmm. excellent hi caller what can we do for you hello caller hello hi hi is this Barbara yes this is Barbara oh, would you like back. me to pull some cards for you wonderful also if you'd be so kind to pull cards also if Neville would give information on how to get a poem reading I'd appreciate it I'll take it offline thank you sure thank you okay um, uh, you could um, send us an actual uh, even electronically uh, um, don't press your palm against the screen, but run a print of it that way. And like a Xerox or something? Xerox Ideally, or it would be an ink scanner. print, but if yeah, you can't Ideally, do that. an ink print. But, uh, and just uh, send it electronically, and I'll print it out, and we can read it over the uh, air. If yeah, that's sure, right. Barbara, we can do that. Yeah. Just send it, and he'll do a, a quick one on the, on the air, and then if you. Yeah. Okay, so the first card, New Love. There's so much about when things open up and, and hatch. Mm -hmm. Lots of things hatch besides baby birds. It's mm -hmm. our love of lots of things. It doesn't have to be a romantic love, but it's just there's a lot of opening. You're starting to break some eggs. It doesn't say to make an omelet you have to break some eggs and that you've been bold and you've done that. And one of the things you're starting to learn is where your boundaries end and others begin and vice versa and that there may be like some stops and starts going on in your life right now but ultimately you're understanding your borders and how I describe this card in the deck in the little book is that borders are not hard fixed walls they're fluid points of choice when we put a border up what we want is a choice we don't want to say never come over and we don't want to say always come over what we're looking to do is say I would like to have a choice when you come over so start understanding that choice and then this is the card of the family unit and the family does stay together and loves each other but sometimes the family can make it hard for us to grow because we put each other in a vision and a mold and so what it's saying is maybe get out of some of the molds that family and friends have put you in but also keep them there as a backup system and the joke about things getting moldy from moldy. not changing yeah oh. <laughs> they're in there someplace so come to Ruby Tuesdays. We're going to be there shortly, and would love to see you. And um, uh, your talk at Pathways and the palmistry classes and your um, EFT. Um, yeah, all the, all that's on the web. And, and check out the web. Um, you can look at some of Neville's copper stuff and all mm -hmm. of his art mm -hmm. on there. And you can play with all four of my decks. 
on there. And on you've an done such program. good work on now the umpteenth iteration of the website for the show. Which well, it's really like the third over time, but eleventy. Eleventy. Anyway, yeah. the eleventy. It, it is a, a lot of um, attention, oh, quite a bit. but yeah. I'm not going to focus on it so much. It's our joy and honor to take you to the door. Raise. Thank you.